Hi there, I'm Lori Hellman, a mom to an incredible young adult son on the autism spectrum. My goal when creating the Living the Sky Life podcast three years ago was that the content of each episode bring hope, connection, and some valuable takeaways to each listener. The special needs parenting village is large, so you should never feel like you have to travel this journey alone. If you haven't already, please connect with me through my website, Facebook page, or Instagram account. And let's keep the conversation going after each episode airs. If you are enjoying the podcast and are listening on Apple iTunes, please leave a rating and written review and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for tuning in and subscribing to season three of Living the Sky Life. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode of Living the Sky Life. My guest today is the sweetest woman on the planet. I instantly connected with her through social media and through some of the support groups we're both members of, and I knew I just had to have her on as a guest so I could get to know her and her story a little bit better. So my guest today is Cindy Decker. She was born in Monterey, Mexico, and moved to Houston, Texas with her parents and six siblings when she was seven. Cindy's dad was an oil and gas executive and her mom a homemaker. Cindy graduated from the University of Houston with a hotel management degree and met her husband, Josh, the year after graduation. They married in 1999 and moved to San Antonio for one year prior to moving to Chicago in 2000. She had two boys, Ethan, who is now 20, and Owen, who is now 17, in the Chicago area, then moved back to Houston due to a job transfer. She spent 20 years working for Marriott then held positions with two other hotel companies before securing her current role, which is VP Market Strategy for Houston First Corporation. In 2012, she was delighted to welcome her third son, Liam. At the age of four, Liam was diagnosed with autism, ADHD, and language processing disorder. So Cindy and I cover all the things, diagnosis, and also what it's like to have older siblings, um, kind of just grasping this concept of having a younger brother on the spectrum that struggles with sensory processing, language, all of those things. So um, Cindy is very candid and very open, and I hope you enjoy our discussion. So welcome back to Living the Sky Life. I have a very special guest today, Cindy Decker. And Cindy and I, I feel like I already know each other because yes. we are on social media and we talk all the time through social media, just like yeah. so many of my other guests. I feel like I have so many friends all over the country that I've never actually met, uh, but I'm so excited <laughs> to actually get to sit down and talk to you today. So thank you for accepting my invite to be on the podcast. Well, thanks for inviting me. I I was thrilled. I'm a big fan. And like you said, I feel like we've known each other forever just like so many people that we talk to on social media. Um, but it's really great to, you know, get to chat one-on-one. This is awesome. Thank yeah, you. perfect. Well, um, I always like to start for people who maybe don't know you, just kind of getting a little bit of background about your family, your life, your day-to-day, um, and how autism kind of became a part of your normal reality <laughs> with Liam. <Sure>. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, that's a funny story. Um, so I, um, I'm a mom of three. I have three boys. My oldest is Ethan. He's 20. I have a 17 year old Owen who is a junior in high school. Um, and then we waited, uh, just, you know, took some time and got Owen into kindergarten. Um, and little Liam came around. He was supposed to be my girl. Um, and it was, it was deemed necessary to have another boy, which was fine with me. I knew what to do. Um, until he was about two years old, he wasn't really talking. Um, and so I knew that was different because I had two older boys, but everybody kept saying, well, he's a boy and he's the youngest. And, you know, you get that story all the time. Our pediatrician, even at three, He was saying some words, but he wasn't really talking, talking. Mm -hmm. And his words were very, um, I I call them baby talk. They just weren't very pronounced. And I was like, and he was all over the place. I mean, I had never met a busier child ever. Um, My oldest was in football and we were on football uh, fields all the time. And Liam would like run out in the middle of the football field and you couldn't catch up with him. And I was like, something's up. Like, this isn't this is not right. And a friend of mine at one of the football games, when I was chasing him up and down the bleachers, 
said, oh, we've been through this. My son has ADHD. And I was like, well, it can't be ADHD. He'll sit through a movie. He'll obsess on something and sit quietly for hours. That's not it. Something's up. And I'd go to the pediatrician and the pediatrician would be like, oh, well, he's the third. Stop babying him. You know, that same story. (laughs) Um, And he said to me, you know, if it's the ADHD, you and I will talk when he's six. And I thought, we're not going to make it to six. Like, I'm not going to make it to six. We had been kicked out of daycares. Um, Liam was, uh, you know, he bit, he, he hit, he was aggressive. And so we'd been kicked out of three daycares. By the time he was four, he was kicked out of eight daycares. Oh, no. He has a rap um, sheet. And <laughs> he, was, he, had a, he had a whole criminal record by the time he was four years old. And so finally, a friend of mine grabbed me and said, hey, go see my pediatrician. Um, because I tried several pediatricians that got the same story. So I went to see her pediatrician and he sat me down. I was there for 15 minutes and, you know, Liam's climbing all over me and he's turning lights on and off. He was actually three and a half at the time. And he said, so I'm going to send you in for an evaluation for ADHD. And he goes, but don't be afraid when they tell you it's autism. And when he said that, I, I was like, autism, like, what do you mean? Not like, don't be scared. What do you mean? Um, so I was, I started Googling and searching and I, I knew nobody with autism. Had you heard know. the word before even? I mean, I'd heard the word before. I mean, I'd seen the movie Rain Man, right? Yeah, right. Back in the eighties. And so that's all I knew of autism. Mm-hmm. So I just couldn't, you know, so of course Temple Grandin comes up first. And so I started, I picked up a book and read it and Carrie Cariello came up mm-hmm. and I read that book. And when I read her book, I was like, that's Liam. Mm -hmm. Like that. Yes, that's Liam. And so we finally got into the evaluation. They did the full evaluation and she said, um, you know, positive for ADHD, let's send you on to a neurologist to do further evaluations, um, and get you, you know, working through medications or anything that you need. So at that point, he's four, we went to the neurologist who had, he had a lot more words. He had sentences. His speech was really delayed. We'd already done a speech evaluation and they had told us he had a language processing disorder. Um, so at this point, we're trying to get services from the school, from preschool program. Um, the school had even turned us down for services. They're like, you don't have a diagnosis. Come back and see us later. Um, so we went to see the neurologist and I remember the neurologist saying, you know, let's do an evaluation for autism and we're going to do an ADOS and told me all these things we were going to do. And I was like, I just don't think it's autism. I just, I, I I don't know. Like I was real scared of it. I was in full denial. And he said, well, Ms. Decker, why don't you think it's autism? And I said, well, he'll look you in the eye when he talks to you. You know, and he, he maybe spins a little bit, but he doesn't flap his arms. And so I had all these preconceived notions in my head uh-huh. and he said, we're going to test them and you're going to be okay. He said to me, <laughs> I'm like, okay. So we did, we did the full evaluation and we got our diagnosis a week after the big hurricane Ike in Houston, mm-hmm. where we had massive flooding. Um, I remember it took us three hours to get to the doctor. That's 40 minutes away. Cause we had to go around floodwaters to get to the appointment. Oh my gosh. Um, so we had just gone through this, you know, whole thing. My son's uh, 16th birthday. Um, my oldest son's 16th birthday was on hurricane on the hurricanes day. And we'd forgotten his birthday <laughs> because we yeah. were flooding at the moment. Oh man. You're just getting hit <laughs> so by a, as a mom. It was, <laughs> it was quite the week. Mm-hmm. Um, So we went and sure enough, you know, we sat and waited and they sat down and said, it is, you know, level one autism and here's some services and here's who you need to talk to. So we took that letter back to the school and um, we said, okay, we need autism services. And Lori, it took us at that point, he was in kindergarten and we were having all sorts of challenges in kindergarten. He was eloping. Um, he was hitting kids during circle time. He couldn't go into the cafeteria without screaming. Um, and so knowing now what I know now, Mm -hmm. those were normal behaviors for him. And the school was just deeming him a bad kid. Mm -hmm. You know, they were sending him to the principal's office. They were giving him times out, like all these things that, that shouldn't have been done at the time. 
Um, and so when we went with the diagnosis, I was like, this is why you're having problems in the cafeteria. And this is why you're having problems at circle time. And, um, and we need to change, we need an aid and we need, you know, we started fighting for all these services. Um, and so at that time, the principal said, well, we need to put them in a behavior program that helps with behaviors. And I thought, okay, well, I want to see the behavior program. I'm not going for this. Let's go see it. So my um, husband couldn't go that day. So my mother-in-law and I went to see the behavior program. Um, none of the kids were in the room. They were all at recess when we went to see it. There was one teacher and three aides and eight kids in the room. And each one had, you know, I remember one table had um, like a rug, a bathroom rug on the floor. And I was like, why do they have a bathroom rug? She's like, well, he's got sensory th- uh, needs. And so he takes his shoes off and he rubs his feet on the rug. And I was like, oh, th- okay, this program could work. Mm-hmm. Like this could be good for Liam, you know, let's do it. Um, and we made it about two weeks before his behaviors escalated to a level where I didn't recognize him. Like some of the things that he was doing, the self-harm that was happening. Aww. I'm like, we, we can't be here guys. This is not our program. And it was all at the same time that, you know, we'd gotten a diagnosis. We'd been at it for a year. Um, you know, I have a now high school junior, I had a high school freshman, um, the freshman at the time, my youngest actually was eighth grade, had gone through a really hard seventh grade year because, you know, seventh grade for all our kids is hard. Mm-hmm. I've always said for every kid, seventh Middle grade is the worst. Weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so weird. <laughs> and throw, and throw an autism diagnosis at you and you're the middle child. You know, so we were having, you know, he was having anxiety issues and challenges there and trying to work through things with Liam. So it's just a really hard year of trying to figure out what is autism and how do we work with it? And, and what, what does the school system do? Cause we had no experience with special needs mm-hmm. and trying to just figure all that out was really an interesting, um, it was just a really big education for us. When Skylar was diagnosed, um, ages ago, um, yeah. They didn't have level one, level two, level three. And, and all of you guys that I've met um, through Kate and every other um, parent with children in this age range, you guys all have the level one, level two, level three conversation. Mm-hmm. I understand level three is more what Skylar would be, I guess, if he was diagnosed today um, as severe, nonverbal, usually um, aggression. A lot of times accompanies that um, because they can't yeah. explain what they're feeling. So what yeah. is level one? what was the criteria that he met to be level one, not level two? Did he have language, full language, or did he have struggles? Yeah, so when he, yeah, no, so when he got diagnosed, he had language processing disorder, which means that just he hears things a certain way, um, and he may not hear exactly what you're asking him. He also can't, to this day, he can't follow three-step directions. If you give him the third step, he forgets it by the time he gets to that third step. And that's more the ADHD factor for him. Um, but the level one for him was because he was verbal. Okay. Even though he had, you know, his speech wasn't perfect. He was missing words. He can still speak and he can, you know, tell you a story, answer questions if you need, if you ask him. Um, and he was he wasn't at grade level because like even now he's nine and in fourth grade and he can't read. Um, but he was somewhat at grade level in that he could tell you his colors, he could tell you his shapes, you know, um, things that most four or five-year-olds would know. He knew some of that. Um, And so, you know, they call it high functioning. I'm not a fan of high functioning because like somebody once told me they're high functioning until they're not functioning. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And so um, that's what qualified him for level one, but Liam did have the aggression. So he kind of you know, it, it's funny because I think our kids, when they tell you it's a spectrum, I know when they first told me autism spectrum, I was focusing on a like a flat line. Yeah, that's how I look how at high, it. How high, how, right? And I, what I've learned, it's kind of, it's more of a, a circle. And he's got, you know, some of the aggression that maybe a, a level three or Skylar has mm-hmm. because he can't tell you exactly what he wants at the time. It's just not the communication piece isn't forming in his mind at the time. And sometimes he's, you know, way up here on this side because he's actively telling you a story and explaining to you everything about the NFL team that he's watching and things like that. So he's kind of just on this wheel at different places at different times. 
Yeah, I just wonder if the school, if that's like some of the challenges with kids that are labeled level one at school, mm-hmm. because because he can communicate in, in several ways that yeah. him having issues like going to the lunchroom and things like that, he can't explain what's what he's feeling and why that's happening. And they assume that he should be able to just follow directions like Tell everybody you. else. So you're mm-hmm. saying, you know, mm-hmm. if he can't follow three step directions, he probably gets frustrated after step two, like, you guys lost me already, and, you know, so he's overwhelmed yeah. and he's acting out. I mean, I just, well, it, it's, it's funny because it was kind of, you know, with the lunchroom, I went and had lunch with him one day to figure out the lunchroom situation. Cause even after he got a, an aid, I was like, something's still up. Like the lunchroom, they were saying that he would get up from his, when he was done eating, he'd get up to go throw away his tray and he'd smack somebody on the head with the tray. Oh no. And then the principal would have to take him to his, to her office. And I'm like, something's up. So I went and sat with him. Well, what they were doing is they were sitting him away from all the kids by himself. So picture this sweet, loving little kindergarten, you know, blonde headed little boy by himself. Um, and he would eat his lunch and they would, they used a microphone to control the, the lunchroom. And he sat by the speaker that squeaked. Oh, come on. And so he, not only was the microphone in his ear, but it squeaked and, and popped through the whole lunch. And so when he was done with that, he would set his tray and pick it up and he would go throw it away because he knew that he had to do that. And he would smack the first person on the head that he could find on the way there because then they would take him to the principal's office. Well, the principal's office was quiet. Yeah and calm and he was the only one there he didn't have to deal with the mess of it and so I had to explain that to the therapist I had to explain that to the um diagnostician I had to explain to his teacher I'm like guys you guys are the professionals yeah observe this for five minutes I just sat here through 20 minutes of a lunch and picked up on exactly I would have smacked you on the head if I had sensory issues I mean Because all it does is it gets me and you're doing exactly what he wants you to do. He wants you to send him to a quiet space by himself. And you did it. You sent him to a quiet space to color for an hour. Yeah. So every day that's a thanks. That's a loop for him. You know, yeah. Put him by himself. They have the speaker. He hits a kid on the head. He goes to the office and he's probably like thinking that this is the routine that that they want me to follow. And this is the routine that works for me because Mm. you're doing, I want to be by myself and you're sending me to, you're not sending me back to the classroom with all the kids screaming after lunch, getting all riled up. You're not sending me to recess where you have six classrooms screaming in the playground. You're sending me to a quiet spot by myself. So he knew exactly how to get it, what he's, what he wanted, which is probably part of the level one autism diagnosis is that he can manipulate things to get what he wants. He's not doing it in the right way, mm-hmm. but he will manipulate the situation to get at what he wants. Every so time. crazy how many hats we have to wear as parents because I, I'm just <laughs> shocked that a therapist or somebody didn't didn't figure that out or even somebody. his aide say, this is awkward. I don't even like sitting here by myself or yeah. next to this thing. I can't imagine what he's going through. It just, I think that's probably in, in my learnings as a special needs parent, that has been my biggest learning is how is it possible that we as parents understand this doesn't work for them. And you have to explain it to professionals who Mm -hmm. went to school and studied and do it for a living. Yeah. I'm like, I, you know, I'm an economist by trade. That's what I do full time. And I don't expect somebody to come in and do my economic recovery report because they saw it for 10 minutes and saw something wrong. If I'm the expert, I should write out the report. So same thing with the school district. Like you guys, this is your job. Mm -hmm. This is what you've learned. Just watch a little, take a minute, take it in. There is a crackling, screaming, screeching microphone next to my child's ear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I say that all the time to our therapists, to the doctors we see. I mean, the phrase that I repeat, I swear, just like, stop doing that. As much as I say that, I say, (laughs) this is a consistent game of charades. It's never ending. We watch him and we're like, I wonder why he just did that. And it's everything from 
you know, his behavior is going, gosh, I wonder if his ear hurts. I wonder if the way he's holding yeah. his arm, I wonder if he's got a bite on his arm or something. I mean, he got yeah. stung by a wasp one time. We were out on our oh, deck. Sweet baby. Yeah. I was, I was out with the kids on the deck and he grabbed the, the railing of the wood deck. And then, I mean, we were all playing and then all of a sudden he doesn't cry. So he makes this like wide mouth panic face. And he just kind of looks at me like, like he's in a lot of pain, but that's about all I get from him. And I'm like, yeah. what happened? What happened? And he's kind of whimpering. And I look at his hand and it's swollen because he put his hand right down <sighs> on a wasp that was under the railing. Oh. I know. I'm just like, you know, I mean, <laughs> we're just not trained for this. This didn't come in right? the animal of <laughs> what to expect right? in your well <laughs> And it's funny because you say that with Skylar and we do the same with Liam all the time. And the funny thing is he can speak. I mean, he can tell me what he needs. And still we spent half our day. My husband will be like, why do you think he did that? Well, what do you think we need to change? Or we, we do it all day long. We analyze the poor kid all day long mm -hmm. just to figure out, okay, what was he thinking when that happened? Or why is he just sitting on the couch half asleep? What, you know, we go through his day mm -hmm. because you're just trying to figure out, like you said, it's a, it's a game of charades half the time. Yeah. It's exhausting, but <laughs> it is exhausting. <laughs> hey, look, if we ever play an adult game of charades, we'd win. I know it'd be a drinking game in my, <laughs> you <laughs> mean too. <laughs> Um, For sure. Well, I mean, you know, one of the things that gravitated me towards you on social media and just getting to know you is your positive outlook. I mean, you really are always positive about even challenging situations with Liam and things that you experience. He seems like he's always smiling. Now, granted, I know that nobody's life is exactly what they portray on social media. There's our bad times, yeah. but we've talked about that before. Like, I don't want to exploit every bad day Skylar has and take a video of it for people to see. I explained it enough. You know, we definitely have hitting and yeah. banging and, you know, hair pulling and all that stuff. But um, <laughs> when you received his diagnosis and you said you were Googling and you found some books and some things, when did you kind of branch out and start seeking out other parents that have similar situations or just kids on the spectrum to get assistance and to bounce things off of? Um, you know, I did that pretty quickly. I was trying to find local autism support groups or ADHD support groups because for me, the aggression was the hardest part to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't put that on Facebook all the time because again, you know, I love that sweet smile of his, but Liam went through some really aggressive times um, and has gotten better. He's not just matured, but honestly, we're doing, we do medications. Mm -hmm. And so we work through it. Not to say that he doesn't have them, but but we had some really tough times where we, we wouldn't leave the house. We just couldn't. Um, and I think we've learned from it, but more importantly, I was reaching out to see, is this normal? Is this like, this is, like I said, we've watched rain band and mm -hmm. we've seen these things, but the things that you see portrayed on TV, they don't explain autism mm -hmm. the way that autism is. And so I had to figure out, is this really what happens? And so I immediately started reaching out to find moms who have these same issues or same challenges or, or what happened. And, you know, a few years back, what long after his diagnosis, but about three years ago, I have a group of friends that we do Bible study together. Well, we call it Bible study. I'll be honest with you. We have not opened a Bible in three years. It's <laughs> like my bungo group. We haven't played bungo in probably 10 years. <laughs> but we do drink some really, we do drink some really good wine. Um, so we were talking and one of them sent me a, uh, an article that Kate wrote. Um, and it was about her marriage and it, I've never seen it since. I keep meaning to reach out to her saying, hey, can you republish that? Because it was her writing a letter to her husband about being a changed woman from being a special needs mom. And Lori, when I tell you, I was commuting with my husband at the time. We'd commute together downtown every morning. And I opened it up and I started to read it. It took me three days to get through the whole piece. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that's how I found a Finding Cooper's Voice. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I found Finding Cooper's Voice, that's when I found the moms who went through what I did, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, you talking about aggression and, um, Jen at the time, um, with, uh, Kaya mm -hmm. talking about aggression. And that's when I started figuring, okay, this is normal. 
and 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 we can get through this we've just got to find what are the triggers and how how do we work through it mm-hmm. and and really like you said it's not even just trades it's figuring out what works and what doesn't work mm-hmm. if you know if we try going out and doing two events in a day that's going to lead to exhaustion and when he's tired or hungry forget it mm-hmm. he it's anger is his his go to you know if he's excited he'll get angry um it's kind of a funny sensory thing like you know what well, we went to fiesta texas last weekend and when he was really excited about something he'd start yelling at you you know he was mad that you know for whatever was happening at the moment but you knew he was excited about it so trying to decipher is he really mad is he really angry or is he just excited and doesn't know how to deal is dealing with the emotions yeah. and that's hard for right? all of our kids that's even the most vulnerable all of of kids they still don't yeah. really tap into their feelings they don't Right. When he's sad, he gets mad, you know? And so it's, to me, it was finding that out. It was, it was meeting other moms going through it in the thick of it, or who had gone through it Mm -hmm. um, and learning from them and learning from you guys. Okay. This is, this is normal. It's not my normal that I know, but this is normal. Yeah. And working through that. It's just so nice to have groups like that, that you don't feel so alone. I mean, I just feel Mm -hmm. like there were so many years that I was by myself. I didn't know a single person in my community. You know, little did I know now there's tons of teens with autism here where I live. Um, and I've met a lot of those moms now, but yeah, I just kind of felt like I had to figure this all out myself and I'm a problem solver by nature. And I'm just like, all right, well, I'm going to, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to figure this out. And it would have been nice to have found yeah. groups like that. Well, I don't even know if it started because, um, Cooper's a lot younger than Skylar, but, um, you know, right. it just, it was so nice to finally see somebody vulnerable and put it out there that like, this is hard. This is a lot. Yeah. And other parents chiming in. And I don't know if it's a bad thing to say, but, um, sometimes I feel better when I see other people had a really tough situation at something. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, yeah. me too. At least it's not just yeah. me. I don't wish that on anyone, but it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's hard to explain, but when people have really good days, I feel that for them. And I'm like, I'm yeah. jealous because I want that, but I'm so excited for them. If their child says yeah. some words or something. So it's yeah. a, it's a dysfunctional support group. That's a, <laughs> that's a necessary support group. If that's a good way to put it. But you know, no, that is exactly how it works. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like you, we didn't have, you know, even family, we have family nearby. My in-laws are nearby. My parents are nearby, but I grew up in Mexico and in Mexico, I don't think there's autism in Mexico because my sisters had no idea what I was talking about. Oh. My mom had no idea what I was talking about. Um, and so even talking to family, I'd be like, well, this happened. And the, the look of shock and disappointment in your, in my sister-in-law's face or in my mom's face that I was like, okay, I'm on my own on this one. I can't even, you know? (laughs) And so finding that, like you said, that dysfunctional group that when you told them, oh, you know, he bit the dog, it was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. My son did that too. And you're like, Oh, yay. Normalcy. It's a judgment-free zone. That's what I love about this troop and all of that, because I know if I say anything, nobody will go, that's weird. They'll say, yeah. And actually it didn't happen to me, but I know this and they'll tag other moms in it or other dads. And they'll say, this happened to you. I remember you telling me about it. What did you do? And people just help each other. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. I love Kate. I don't yeah. know, you and I are, yeah, I did too. I did too with her and I, I love her. Yeah. So um, I, 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 know, I know you just went to a, a mom's retreat and I was going to go to the original one, yeah. but then stinking COVID canceled it and had yeah. it rescheduled. And I had a conflict with the reschedule, but um, what yeah. was that like to be in person with a bunch of parents or moms who can relate, you know? I know, you know, I'd never done it before. I like you signed up for the original one. And then with COVID it canceled It canceled several times and kept moving. And because it was in Texas, I was like, I can't not go. It's right here. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I need a weekend away anyway. So I'm going, um, it was really great. It was great to, um, just meet other moms who, like you said, you know, we, we sat at a table where, um, 
it was, you know, moms who had kids with aggression and, you know, somebody would start sobbing because they had never told anybody what their child did mm-hmm. and they'd never shared that before. And, and you're like, Oh, don't cry. This is normal. Yeah. Like we've been there. Oh, my son did that, you know, and Oh, my daughter did that. And, um, broke five TVs. Oh, we're on TV number six, you know? Mm-hmm. So to me, there was such a camaraderie there in that and getting to know and, and even learning tricks. Like what, one of the moms that I met in San Antonio last year messaged me yesterday because we were talking about the school program. I built a school program for Liam that he's in now. Okay. After all of the turmoil we went to, we finally met with the school district after the, the behavior program. And I was like, he can't be here. You have 48 hours to find a new program for my son. I'm not sending him back until you find the program that works. And so we met with the head of special ed uh, department for our district and through time worked that first grade year to build the program that he's in. It's a program. It's him and four other boys. There's only five kids in the program. There's one teacher, three aides. Wow. It is all autism. It is all autism based. So they all have visual schedules. They all have sensory uh, tools in the classroom. They have what we call the cool down corner, which is a nice padded area with a swing. They can bounce off the walls. They can swing in the swing mm-hmm. when they need a moment. They just go to their their quiet corner. Um, and so it's got all sorts of integrated things in there for autism. And so I was telling her about it and she messaged me yesterday saying, Hey, I have a friend who just got to Fort Bend. She's looking for a program. They've put her in a behavior program. So she, I thought, okay, this is how we impact each other, right? As women, as moms, this is how we help each other understand and work through the school system, work, you know, through the medications. And um, so to me, it was actually a really healing event because you know, getting to meet moms like you and finally getting to talk to you guys after we've been on social media, mm-hmm. talking back and forth, messaging about things um, was was really a great experience. It's like, okay, we're not just social media friends, right? We're, we're friends mm-hmm. and, and we've got each other and we can hook arms and, and talk about our kids and understand what better services are out there. Or what are you doing that's working? What's working for me? Um, it was really, it was probably one of the best experiences I've been through. That's awesome. And I love that program that you put together. I just I love when yeah. parents just take the bull by the horns and like, all right, if you don't have it, I'm going to develop it for you. And I mean, yeah. that's so fantastic for Liam and all the kids after him that it's going to impact. Yeah. Um, well, wow. we're, ho- we're trying to get that program to go. Um, you know, there's a, there's a program within our school system that's for kids on the spectrum that's called class and they, they're in gen ed and they're able to come back for services into the class. Um, when they're feeling overwhelmed or whatever, they just go to their class, they call it. This one is the opposite. These kids have to be in a restricted room with services and aids all the time. Mm-hmm. And they aids take them out into gen ed for things like PE, art, music, and library. Eventually he'll graduate, like he's graduating into doing science in the gen ed classroom. So he'll go out for science and come back. And then with time, he'll go to math and then to reading. So that he'll eventually graduate into that class program where he's fully integrated in the school system and then back for services as opposed to the other way around. And the goal was to take the program that he's in now and actually expand it through the school district to five or six schools. Because mm-hmm. obviously there are not, there's not just five kids who need it in our school district. Um, but with COVID and staffing and teachers, they've just not been able to find the staffing to expand it. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, I'm praying really hard. I think this year they're going to expand it into at least one more school if they can find the teacher for it. And then, like you said, eventually it will get it out there because because I think one of the big misconceptions is that our kiddos on the spectrum, they have behaviors. It's usually a sensory issue they're having or just overwhelmed with, with the current situation. And they can't, they don't know what to do with their feelings mm-hmm. and can't communicate it, whether they can speak or not. Sometimes they can't communicate it. And so they automatically get put in as the bad kid mm-hmm. or, you know, the, the, in that behavior program and the behavior program just doesn't work for them. It doesn't alleviate the issue. It just help. It just, I guess, reprimands the behavior, but it doesn't help the fact that 
he's still overwhelmed because he can't read and you're forcing him to read. Right. Um, and so we've got to, I think the school system, that's one of my passions is that I think we need the school system to understand things like that and find funding to help our kids in their needs. And that goes for everybody. You know, my 17 year old has anxiety and certain things in school he hates, you know, and I'm like, we're still teaching kids. Like we were in 1950, we still sit in rows and face forward and all learn the same thing. There's gotta be a way that our school system evolves to meet the kids where they're at today because they learn in a whole different manner. Mm -hmm. That's why some kids thrive during the COVID virtual environment and some did horribly. Everybody learns differently and has different needs. Kendall's high school has um, a sensory dog. And I just learned that last year. I saw it on Facebook and I'm like, oh, look at that. And I said, she's like, yeah, he's around the school all the time. And with her anxiety, I'm like, you should go love on that dog, like during your flex period or whatever, (laughs) just to kind of calm your, that's a great idea. I'm going to mention that. Yeah. I mean, it's great. And I have a friend who, whose daughter has a, um, she has seizures and she has a sensory animal, but gosh, she would have thought she had to get an act of Congress passed to get the little, the dog to come with her daughter to school because the school was like, oh, it's going to be distracting the other kids and whatever. I mean, it's just like every excuse they could put up to keep the dog out of the school. And she's like, my kid needs this. I mean, it's right. It's like 150 seizures a day. She needs this animal. Anyway, it's just, it is frustrating with the school systems. It sounds great though, that at least yours was willing to listen to you and implement this program. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's just finding somebody we, that's in administration that gets it. Yeah. It's, it's yelling loud enough. Right. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So it's yeah. yelling loud enough and, and helping them understand, you know, here you are a mom who doesn't know special needs or what the rules and regulations are. And you're saying, but my kid needs, this. but I know my kid. And, yeah. And I know my kid and by law, you have to provide something. So mm-hmm. why not this? How hard can it be to do this one little thing? Yeah. Um, and so just pushing hard enough, I think. Yeah. Well, um, kind of switching gears from moms to, to dads. Um, yeah. Your husband's name, Josh, like mine, yeah. <laughs> which I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, when we were talking about, you know, the mom's retreat, retreat and being in support groups and all these things, one thing that always makes me laugh. Josh is my Josh is such an amazing dad to Skylar. And he's so involved in all of that stuff, but he doesn't see it the way I like, he doesn't want to like have a pair of best friends, husband and wife who also have an autistic child. And we talk about things and he's like, I don't, I don't want to talk about it all the time. Like we do what we need to do. And I support you and your social stuff and all of that. But I don't want to just always talk about autism. I just want to, you know, take care of Skylar and do what he needs and have fun as a family yeah. and all that. Is your husband similar? Cause I find that men just are kind of like, I don't want to talk about this all the time. <laughs> I don't want to go to a so you're, <laughs> So your Josh and my Josh can hang out together because <laughs> he's exactly autism. the same. <laughs> nope. He doesn't want to talk about it. Um, last night it was funny. We were talking and he was telling me something about work and I already heard it. I'm like, I've heard your story about this work thing a million times. So I actually pulled out, um, your book and was reading through some stuff. And I was like, Oh, look, this is really interesting. He's like, I really don't want to hear it. It's about autism. I don't want to hear it. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. You know, or I've told him before, I'm like, Hey, there's a dad's group on Coop's troops. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, I bet they get on the phone and just talk about football. And he's like, he's like, yeah, but somebody's going to bring up autism. Yeah. I, he's like, I live it. I'm okay with living That's it. And Josh then says, mm-hmm. yeah, going on. Yep. So yeah, it's the exact same thing. Maybe it's a Josh thing. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's funny. Well, how do the boys, since there's a, a big age gap and you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier that, you know, your middle son yeah. has had a little more of his own stuff and then to throw a younger brother with autism that needs you a lot of the time. And, yeah. um, how, how the oldest one maybe is a little removed from it because he was so much older and he's gone now. I mean, to college, um, but what's- you know, what's funny is Ethan, my oldest is, um, he's 20. So there's a 10 year gap between them. Um, and, and Liam calls him his twin. So he calls him 20. Oh, <laughs> 
Um, and it's something about Ethan, you know, for a long time we joked, we were like, well, maybe you're on the spectrum, <laughs> you know, because he really gets Liam. Like he gets it. Or I'll be pushing for something and Ethan will be like, mom, stop it. He doesn't want to do that. And this is why. And it's like, he can see it before I can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do have this really great connection. If Liam's having a meltdown and I'm not around, Ethan's the one who can control it. Ethan's the one who can settle him down. Um, if I'm having a hard time with him and I can't control it, if Ethan steps in, Liam will, will be soothed. Like he's, he's good. Um, so they have this really huge, like almost like soul brothers connection. Um, Ethan did, he stayed home his first year of college because of COVID and did it online, but he did go off to college last fall. Um, and so he's been gone now for one semester. Um, and it was a big change for, for Liam. He misses him. He, you know, asks about him, um, talks about, you know, his 20, um, he's loved having him home this Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so they do have a really close connection. Um, my middle one, Owen, um, you know, Owen is, I always call him uh, a little bit of a, he's, he's very charming and he's very sweet, but he's also an empath. That kid feels if I'm not in a good mood, he can feel it. If my husband's in a bad mood, he can feel it. He just takes it all in, in a way that I've never seen somebody do that. Um, his mood will change with your mood. And so, you know, with Liam having such an explosive personality and mood is all you get mm-hmm. out of autism. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen and him just clash a little bit. He's gotten better. I think now he's 17. He's kind of matured. He, he works at an ice cream shop and he sent me a note, a text the other day and said, Hey mom, I'm sitting here at work. And this guy just walked in and he wants an application and he's on the spectrum and he's asking me all these questions and he's rocking while he's saying it. And I said, well, walk him through it, buddy. And he knew exactly, you know, he had a lot of sympathy for this guy. Mm-hmm. And so he came home and told me all about it, said I gave him the application. He had some questions. I told him, take it home, have your mom review it, bring it back. Um, so I think he's like little by little coming around to it. Mm-hmm. Um, his biggest thing is when Liam's aggression was at his worst, it was always towards me. And Owen really had a hard time with that. Yeah. Um, you know super protective of mom. Why are you hitting my mom? And, um, and him getting involved never helps the, the situation, right? It just escalates things. So it's taken time for the two of them to come around together. But now that he's more, he's older and he's gaining in maturity, he's kind of, he's a, he's a little more protective of, um, Liam than he was then. Um, and he's kind of coming to his own. He's, he's working through it and, um, understanding how to, you know, handle it and how to, handle his emotions. A lot of times if he sees Liam and I are about to, you know, <laughs> have a fun time or, 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 or struggle through really a situation, he, a lot of times now he'll just leave the room um, where he used to try and get involved. I finally was like, buddy, when you get involved, it escalates worse. Mm-hmm. So it just, it doesn't help. And so he'll leave the room and then he'll come back. Um, so that relationship is mending itself, but it was not a great relationship for a while. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so hard. I mean, as, as you've heard on the podcast, when I've had my daughter Mm -hmm. on, it's just, you, I just feel so bad because I want them to have an amazing relationship, but you can't force it. And I think as she ages and becomes more, not that she's not accepting or understanding at all. It's just, it's just hard to relate. It's just hard to, she has her life, which is, you know, neurotypical high school, all the whatever. And he is, you know, in a different place completely than yeah. her, even though he's older than her. So, yeah, you know, I told her she wants to be a vet it's, and I just keep, you know, we keep laughing that hopefully Skylar's at a place where he can help in the vet clinic, you know, that she owns cleaning up the cat yeah. hair or like helping hold the animals when she's trying to give them vaccinations or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so cool if they could, if he could help her in any way, you know, just, yeah. That's my dream. <laughs> I think age, I'm, I'm with you. I think age and time I've noticed though, um, cures a lot of ailments I say. And so I, I'm hoping that eventually that relationship, I know it'll never be as strong as it is with Ethan. Um, but I think with time it'll get stronger or better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I like you, I worry about because the diagnosis came when he was 11. And so, you know, 11, such a, tender age and the beginning of the art. Te- 
the beginning <laughs> of the awkward and then that teen years. And so I just feel like, gosh, where would he be today if we hadn't gone through that? You know, who would he be and how would he be different if we hadn't had an autism diagnosis for his younger brother? And that always, that sits real heavy on my heart all the time mm-hmm. because you always wonder what if, what could have, and you have to at some point just go, well, we'll never know. So we yeah. just got to work with what we have. Yeah. I That's the hardest part. And I just, I, I think over the years, I've kind of resolved myself to thinking of it as um, it's, it's not ideal, but I think that it, it shapes who our kids are, our neurotypical mm-hmm. kids in a positive way, as much as yeah. some of the, you know, hair pulling that she's had to endure and some of the crap that's not fair. Yeah. But I feel like hopefully my parenting would have been the same and she would still be empathetic and, you know, just yeah. loving and sweet and all the things that she is. But I feel like having that experience with her brother has made her an even better 16 year old girl than maybe some of her peers who have had zero adversity in their life up to now. Everything has been easy and handed to them and all of that. I just think that she's going to be able to handle future challenges, whatever they are a little bit better than maybe somebody who's never gone through anything. I don't know. I just try to at least let myself off the hook of feeling guilty with that kind of thought process that it's a bigger plan in place. He was placed in this family. Skylar was, and so was she for a reason. They're supposed to be siblings. She doesn't yeah. agree sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent with you on that. I think there's a reason for it, and it does make them. It gives them something that, to your point, like none of their none of his friends have, you know, siblings on the spectrum, mm-hmm. and so or special needs of any kind. So it does give him a different perspective on life. Mm-hmm. Eventually, he yeah. doesn't appreciate it now. But you know, when you're 17, there's a lot of things you don't appreciate. <laughs> so once you get to be my age, and you're, you know hidden you hit 48 you're like oh I remember being a teenager and hitting that he'll come around mm-hmm. I, I think he'll he has learned from it just the way he handled that that young man applying mm-hmm. the other day I think just showed that okay he's getting it we're getting there he's, and it's second nature it sounds like he didn't really have to think yeah. about that he instantly nope. jumped into well, this was my brother I would ha- how would I want someone to approach him how would time? I help him mm-hmm. how what can I help him with? Cause he said, they just handed him the application and we're sending him on his way. And so he was able to walk up and guide him through it and help him through it. So I'm like, okay, this is what we're learning. This mm-hmm. is good. This is life lessons that you don't normally get. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, so what is, I know Liam loves football because I see that on yeah. all of your posts and stuff, but um, yeah. what else brings out, he has the best smile. I say it all the time, but really he does. He just looks like life is just good. You know, he is just happy. Does he have a favorite, anything else besides football? Is there a favorite meal? He loves a favorite, uh, you know, playtime. you know, he's funny. He's a super picky eater. Like most of our kids, he's all about his chicken nuggets (laughs) and a hamburger. Uh (laughs) Um, and he, he's actually, he's a grumpy old man. He's like, he's just like constantly grumpy until you make him smile. But the funny thing about Liam is he, he loves quirky, funny things and he loves physical comedy. So he, he'll watch YouTube for hours. And if he watches somebody like fall or trip or, you know, fall over the handlebars of a bike, he gets this deep, like belly laugh Aww. and his voice is really deep for his age. So it's like this deep like Santa Claus type crack up that I wish I could. He doesn't like getting videotaped. He yells at me, no video, no video, Aww. you know? So if I could video him laughing sometime, it's my favorite thing in the world. He loves laughing at videos. Yeah. Um, and he loves right now. He's got, he's on this big kick with the predator, you know, like that 1980s horrible gross movie. He's yeah. never seen the movie, but he's watched videos and so we got him a, co- he likes coloring. And so we got him a coloring book that has predator pictures. And he's funny, he came home the other day. And he goes, my, my book. And so we grabbed the book and he likes hide and go seek. And so we t- had to tear, he chose I had six pictures to hide. And so we tore six pictures out and rolled them up and hit him through the house. Oh my God. And he had to go and he had to go find them like a scavenger hunt with his nanny. And then him and the nanny each had to color three and I had to judge. 
So, you know, no pressure. I had to judge between him and the nanny on coloring. Um, but he loves stuff like that. Anything, I think he likes the thrill of the find and the thrill of like a scary predator coming at him. Um, so I would say he's very physical. And I think that's why he likes football, right? It's a very physical sport. A lot of, you know, bumping and hitting and stuff. And so everything with him is any physical um, over the top activity he's all for. I love that you have kind of learned that from him. I mean, those are the things that I still long for and I'm still holding out Mm. hope for is that I, you know, that he'll do something to try to get me to engage, to show me what he likes, because like we've said before, our, our kids and their feelings and, and their exact needs and what they, what they desire. We don't always know for sure. So for him to kind of mimic, like, I want you to hide these things. And it's just so neat to know what excites him and what makes him happy and want to play with you. You know, I'd love to play with Skylar. I don't care that he's 18. Right. I'd love to play with him (laughs) with anything, but I just don't know what that is. Well, and you know what I think is great about you guys is you're doing that spelling. Mm-hmm. And I think Skylar's starting to communicate more and more with spelling. Mm-hmm. And I, I get really excited about that for you guys, because I think, gosh, the things she's going to learn with him just spelling things out. How incredible would that be that you are getting snippets of communication yeah. that way and learning things? Yeah. So I'm worried I think that's really exciting. He listen. He loves hip hop. I do know that because anytime it's, yeah. in, you know, the eighties old school, like he loves Tupac yeah. and Biggie and like all the stuff I listen to. Yeah. So I'm like worried because I don't do the filtered versions. So he knows a lot yeah. of colorful words. <laughs> I'm just going to be with this. <laughs> oh, so does Liam. <laughs> spell some really uh, colorful language, but yeah, I mean, I, we, Josh and I joke about it all the time. I, I can't wait for the day that he's like, okay, listen, you know, I don't like McDonald's cheeseburgers. I I know you think I do. You keep taking me there and I'm just being polite by eating it, but I don't like it. (laughs) Like, okay, tell me I'll never buy another one. You know, just just hope that you've gotten it right. At least sort of right. Yeah. You know, all this time. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, as we kind of wrap up, I mean, you've been engrossed in autism world now for, you know, nine years, essentially. Um, what have you learned anything from other parents or practitioners or just in your own experiences along the way that would be really helpful for another parent? Maybe it's advocating for your Mm. child in a certain way or just a piece of advice you've learned. Yeah. Um, You know, probably the best thing that I've learned is that it all comes in waves. When you're in the heart of the heart in the dark of the dark, it doesn't stay there forever you finally, uh, you find a way out, whether it's, it's the right combination of medication or it's um, maturity, sometimes just with age, things change. Um, and, and you come into a whole new stage, I guess, or season, um, you might call it. Um, and so ride the waves, just go with the waves. Don't ever think you're at the bottom. You're going to hit a really big high. You might go back down and hit a, a low. Um, I used to say it was regression and, um, a friend of mine corrected me, Lisa Kandera, I think mm-hmm. you met her. Uh-huh. Um, but Lisa said, it's not regression. He's not going backwards. It's just changing. And so I think knowing that, that you're, you, you feel like you're going backwards, but a lot of the times that, that change is just a change. It's a mm-hmm. season in time. Um, and that's been a really big one for me. And I think the other thing too, is like I said earlier, you know, as moms, and as caretakers, we have to take care of each other. Um, and so I try and be as positive and kind to other moms because it, it's not always replicated. It's not always duplicated back to me, mm-hmm. but that's okay. I, that person might be going through a really hard time at the time, whatever it is. So be kind to each other as women, as moms, mm-hmm. um, because we're dealing with hard stuff yeah. and it's, you know, it's not something that anybody in my family well, my oldest sister has a special needs child, but, um, I think it's, it, most people I know don't go through it. Yeah. And so we need to be kind to each other is re- important. Yeah. Reserve that judgment. We need to <laughs> God. Be, be kind, but also ride the waves. I think that's my biggest learning is mm-hmm. it's, it's a stage. It's a moment it's, you're going to get through it and you'll find good in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might, and you're going to go through another hard one. 
something yeah. else will come up. And like we said too, reaching out to people during the hard and saying, has anybody had experience with this to reassure you yeah. that it's, it's okay. It's not the end of the world. My always, yeah. my example to that always is potty training or toilet training. Cause they're not babies. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, people get really upset and they are frustrated when their child is seven or eight and they're not toilet trained yet. And, you know, if I can be any voice of understanding and compassion, I am because Skylar's 18 and he's still not, but yeah. for us, that's yeah. not the end of the world. It's, it's hard. And I would prefer it not be that way, but yeah. it's okay. Focus on other things. Your child will yeah. do it when they're ready. We have other GI troubles and things that now I understand why he's, you know, not taken yeah. to it because he's focused on a lot of other stomach problems and he, yeah. you know, yeah. scared to do it, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah. So it's just, there's always somebody similarly in your shoes out there. You just have to reach out and Re yeah, I find them, find mm -hmm. that person because it's amazing to me how, you know, some of your experiences with Skylar who doesn't speak are still so similar to some of the experiences that I have with Liam who does, or, you know, Kate and I always joke around that our kids are twins uh -huh. because many times you see them on pictures and you're like, Oh, Oh, oh wait, that's Liam or, Oh no, that's, you know, Cooper. So, and they, they act a lot alike mm -hmm. and yet they're so different. Um, and so I think reaching out and, and working through that and finding that, um, in a community is so important. Yeah. And even if you can't find someone who can relate exactly, they'll say, I'm here for you. What, what do you yeah. need? Do you need me to yeah. drive there? Do you need me to like, yeah. do you need to come how can, here? How can I help you? Yes. Yeah. Maybe a trip yeah. to Texas. And the, <laughs> and the things that you worry about are, you know, like I was worried one time about Liam still not reading. And, um, I reached out to Amy, um, with Alex, uh, the artist. Yes. And I'm like, Amy, I love her. tell me about where I know I did too. And I was like, Hey, FYI. And she called me. She says, let's talk. And we got on the phone for like an hour and she walked me through her experience. And she's like, I was never worried about that, but I can see why you are. So let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And that to me was so helpful. Just, okay, you're right. I don't need to focus on it. it he can do this and we can work towards that. So it kind of just gets you through. Mm -hmm. You understand where Sometimes it just gives you a touch of reality of, okay, focus on that little stuff. You're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. This day shall pass as well. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I go to bed every night. Like tomorrow's going to be different. New day. <laughs> the new day with a positive attitude. And then, you know, just kind of, I mean, I really think that helps too. I've, that's one huge thing I've learned along the way, not to digress, but is my regulation, like how I am. Yes. If I get frustrated with him during spelling or something, I'm like, come on. If just, even yeah. if, and I don't raise my voice, if just my mannerisms change that he mirrors exactly how I'm behaving. So if yeah. I'm frustrated, he then is more frustrated and he will never do what I want him to do or comply because he's like, no, you're fed up. I'm fed up. You know, I can yep. see you're already irritated with me. So I don't want to do it because I'm making yeah. you mad and I don't want to hurt your feelings or whatever. So, um, yeah. they just feed off of us. So it's yeah. as hard as it is. We just have to calm down smile and be like, it's okay. We say that yeah. to Skylar a lot. We always, we always say to him, it's not your fault. And he laughs hysterically. I don't know why, <laughs> but when we say it's, it's okay. It's not your fault. It's my fault. And he laughs and laughs. I'm like, that's funny. Brat. <laughs> yeah. My, yeah, exactly. My husband has to put me in my place. Sometimes he's like, look, he doesn't want to do it. Just leave it alone. And as soon as he says that, then Liam automatically, you see, yeah. he said it. Yeah. And so Oh my God. Listen to my dad. I just got tagged. I just got tag team. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my gosh. Well, I am so glad we got to chat today and Me I too. just adore you and Liam and your family. So, um, just likewise, yeah, just let's keep the communication open. And, um, you know, if anybody yes. needs to reach out, I will, um, uh, post your social media handles and, um, autism with your shirt off is your like official page, right? Yeah, it's uh, autism with your shirt off, mostly because Liam won't wear a shirt unless I beg him to. And during uh, COVID, I started the blog right right around COVID, and a coworker said to me, 
um, does he ever wear a shirt? And I'm like, no. And he's like, that's what you should name your blog. You should yeah. call it autism with your shirt off. And I'm like, well, there you go. That's what it is. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we see all these names like side of fries because the kids like yeah. fries. And I mean, it's, yeah. you know, we got to do what we got to do. As long as people don't think it's yeah. you with your shirt off talking about autism. Yeah. <laughs> I'm usually not topless talking about autism. <laughs> well, that would be a but really he is. Interesting, <laughs> interesting page. I might have to change my concept, Lori thinks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's next. Oh, Lord. Oh, my gosh. Topless autism blog. Oh, Lord. That would be interesting. <laughs> my yeah. husband would like that. Mm, I'm sure he would. Oh, gosh. Well, uh, keep in touch. Thank you so much. And um, Thank I hope you have you. a great weekend. Thanks. You too. All right. Stay care. in touch. Bye. Okay. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Living the Sky Life and will tune in for the next episode coming soon. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Living the Sky Life podcast within Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play so you'll receive alerts when new episodes are released. Subscribing is the best way to ensure you don't miss a single episode. If you like what you hear, be sure to select the five-star rating, provide feedback, and share Living the Sky Life with others. Thanks again for listening.